Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And once again, my name is Ben Adelberg. I am the host of the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. This is episode 171. Congrats to the new Masters champion, Dustin Johnson. Incredible performance, 20 under par. New scoring record, utter dominance. I don't know what else to say. I know that the golf course was a little bit softer than usual, but hey, we had a Masters. It's 2020. We have a great champion. And uh, we're going to get another Masters in April, so cannot wait for that. See how Dustin defends his title. Congrats to all of the amateurs that were able to compete in this year's Masters tournament. Andy Ogletree captured the Silver Cup as the low amateur. It was a long wait for these amateurs to finally get to Augusta. I'm sure it was worth the wait. It lived up to all the expectations. I'll have an episode up shortly with someone that was inside the ropes during tournament week. This will be a great episode, definitely worth waiting for. So as always, stay tuned, stay subscribed, and please continue to tell your friends about the back of the range. The merch store is fully stocked. We have trucker hats, face masks, golf towels, t-shirts, hoodies. Yes, just in time for the holidays. No, that was not an accident. So get in there, get some merch, support this podcast. If you've ever wondered how you could help keep the lights on around here, this is how you do it. So go to thebackoftherange.com. You can also get the link to all the merch in Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So go check it out and let me know what you think of the new merch. This is a very special episode. As you all know, I spent some time at Merido Golf Club right outside of Dallas, Texas last week covering the best amateurs in the country at the East-West Matches. You never know what you're going to get in team matches. It could be a blowout. You just, it's hard to tell. But this one lived up to the hype. It came down to the last match on the course with everyone surrounding the 18th green, the perfect setting for one of the most clutch golf shots I think I've ever seen in person. The person that made that shot is my guest, a returning guest to the back of the range, Patrick Kristovich. Patrick was in the anchor singles match against Nathan Smith. Yes, Nathan bleeping Smith. And a half point was needed to complete the West's comeback from five points down to win the cup. So we talked about that match. Patrick shared his perspective on the entire week at Merido. He will not be the last person you hear about regarding the East-West matches. Many of the participants that played in the East-West matches have already been guests on the back of the range. The ones that haven't will be invited shortly, and you will hear all of their incredible stories. While we spoke about the matches, we also spoke about the host, Merido Golf Club, and especially the people behind it. Now, I've been fortunate enough to play golf all over the world. I know that sounds cheesy, but I have. I've played all over the United States, Canada, Portugal, England, Scotland, even Iceland. I've been in some of the most decked out, exclusive country clubs, some top 100 courses in the world, and, you know, even those shaggy munis that we all have a soft spot for. But I can tell you this, I have never felt more welcomed or more appreciated at a golf course than I did when I was at Merido. So thank you to Mr. Huddleston, Allison Morrison, Jennifer Consimio, Mark Walgas, whose last name I just completely butchered, 
and the entire staff for their hospitality. I cannot wait to return to Merido. But for now, let's get into this episode. Let's revisit with Patrick Kristovich from the Victorious West team. Patrick, how you doing? Uh, we're doing good. Um, starting to recover from a long week of golf and a pretty uh, pretty incredible experience, really. So you, have you come down to earth? Have you hired an agent yet? I mean, is it hard? <laughs> is, has it been difficult just, you know, being in the state of Louisiana, being anonymous, or is just everyone know who you are right now? It, well, I'll put it this way. It it had a, a far greater reach around the country than I had anticipated. Um, it's been pretty incredible to see the re, the reaction to this event, and I couldn't be happier for Harvey and all the guys that put it on. I mean, it's you know, it, it's a it's just a group of what eight, uh, 36 guys going to play golf, and it seemed like we had followers from all over the place. So I was getting texts during the whole event from people I didn't even know knew anything about it. It was really cool. It had a great reach. So yeah, that, I, I think that that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I wanted to make sure we we touched base and talked about this incredible event. And, you know, the, the event we're talking about is the East-West Matches, which, uh, you know, some people know the history of it. Some people don't. But this is an event. This was the inaugural that was really about 20 years in the making. It took about 20 years for this to get off the ground. I think it, it the original um uh, playing of it was was scheduled and it was interrupted due to 9-11 so we're, we're obviously looking at 20 years wow. so we're talking about scott harvey uh you know a former u.s mini amateur champion in north carolina that that was really he really did spearhead this event and get it off the mm -hmm. ground when did you actually hear the rumblings about the east-west matches and that it actually would become a reality um, I mean, like you said, we've been hearing rumblings about it for a long time, and I think there's been a lot of player support, but it, I, it's just a very difficult thing to start a golf tournament. Um, and then I think I want to say last year, late last year, I uh, heard from Skip Berkmeyer that, uh, that this was in the works and that it, it might happen. And then I talked to Harvey a little bit and, uh, at that point, I had no idea if I was going to make the team. I knew I was on the outside looking in. So it gave me a little jolt, try to motivate me to start playing better and try to make sure I can make the team. Cause I didn't want to be left out, especially the first one. Right. Um, it, it's something that, you know, I was fortunate enough to make a couple of the concession cup teams and that was incredible experience for me. I'd never played in a team atmosphere like that. And, but this is to be able to play against the guys that I play with all the time. You know, it was cool in concession because I was we were playing uh, Great Britain, Ireland, and some really good players from over there. We didn't know them, but now I get to play against you know Duraney and and Todd Mitchell and and Michael Muir and, and Nathan Smith and all these guys that I play against in regular events. And now we're on other sides. That that was really special to me, um, and I thought that made that added a whole new deal to the team concept that was, that was that was the best part about it yeah and and we're gonna jump all around because i have so many questions because i you know one of my things that i was really thinking about is is coming into this as as you said there's 36 guys you all kind of know each other it's it's at the end of a very challenging golf season you know covid 2020 tournaments being canceled um you know a very very challenging year and i was curious was this going to have the feel of a kind of a, a, a mid-am, senior-am buddy reunion, or is this going to be vicious? Are there going to be some grudge matches? 
that are that are you know rekindled. And I've talked to a couple of the players, but I'm curious from your perspective, what were your thoughts coming into it? Did you were you uncertain about what it was going to feel like? A little bit. Uh, my I always had a concern that it it would be it would become just buddy and buddy, and right. people may not um, be as enthusiastic about winning their matches if it was a blowout, especially. Um, but as I got into it after the first practice round day and we're starting to see everybody show up and, and you're putting on, you know, you got all your, your shirts lined out and the bags and the presentation walking into the club was, was amazing with all the bags lined up oh, and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and from that moment, it really made you feel like, all right, this is a team event and we are, no one wants to lose to anybody, especially a buddy. Um, that's the last thing I want to do is lose to somebody I know really well. I want, I want to beat them. And that's, I think everybody on our team kind of developed that same mentality very quickly when we got there and realized how big of a deal this was and how important it was. And then you, of course you have, you know, Captain Holcreve and, and Kevin and, and Marsh talking to us around the golf course, following us in our practice rounds, you know, how do you feel about this? You know, think about what holes you want to do for alternate shot oh, and, yeah. and you're just like, wow, this is, you know, it, the intensity kind of built up as you went. And I think it, it worked out with the players too. We got to meet in that back room and we're all talking to each other and yeah, the excitement kept growing and growing and we just wanted to win it, it, not only for ourselves, but then you want to win for, for Marsh and Holgrieve too. I mean, these guys are, they've worked so hard for this thing. And they're actually, they're putting their, their soul behind it. And they're taking, everybody's taking it so seriously. It's like, all right, let's do it. Let's go, let's go win. Let's. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, Jim Holtgrave yeah, and, and Kevin Marsh, the, the West captains, uh, Paul Simpson on the East. I know Tim Jackson was a captain as well, but was unable to attend. But the thing that I found so striking and interesting is, you know, I'm, I'm there taking photos, video, just documenting the entire uh, experience. But I would look at these guys, and even if during a practice round or just they're following matches, and I would have a captain come up to me and say, oh, it's not looking good. Oh, just, <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 a, I'm a wreck. I mean, they were in it from the very beginning. I could just leave this open-ended, but give me a story that really kind of hit you with Holtgrieve and that even throughout the matches where – you're just like, wow, this really is a big thing. And actually the first time, the one that got me was Kevin said something. Uh, we saw him early in our first match and he was just driving around in a cart and he's just like, I mean, this is, I've played in a lot of events and his, his, the gist of his conversation was, man, this is tough. You know, I'm, I'm involved in every match. I'm watching my phone. I'm watching the players and, you know, it, he could tell there were a lot of nerves on his part just as a captain. And again, that that's awesome. The fact that everybody was just so invested in this. They everybody wants to win. And it it was definitely out there. Um Hulk Reeve, you could you could see every time you drove by him, he'd give you a a fist pump or oh, a, yeah. a, some sort of motivating look, like either, you know, get off your butt and let's start making these putts or keep doing what you're doing and um Unfortunately, I was down early in every one of my matches except for my last one, and uh, so I kind of got the the other look of get off your butt, let's get this done, you right. know, start acting right, and let's let's win some hold. <laughs> so you, I was, you don't want to let the, you don't want to let Holt grieve down because uh, no, absolutely yeah. not. Um, 
and I saw it in the, in all the other players. Uh, I had some, t- we all had tough matches. Who, who am I kidding? I every mean, every yeah, match I'm, was tough. I, I, um, I'm looking at, and we're, we're going to get into, we'll, we'll briefly talk about your three matches, uh, especially the final one. Cause I, I need to know, I, I want to know what you were thinking when you're in the, in the team room <laughs> and, and the matches were being put up for singles. So we're going to get to that in a minute, but before I do, um, one of the, uh, I mean, we can talk about the West team, the East team, the captains, we can talk about everything, but we can't skip over, uh, one of the big players, so to speak in this entire event. And that's Merido golf club. Um, yeah. that place, first time I've seen it, Merido, it's right outside of Dallas. It has been, uh, in a year of, of uncertainty in a year of, you know, is golf going to happen? What are we going to do about amateur golf? If things are getting shut down, things are getting canceled. This place, um, Albert Huddleston, the owner of the club, really and their entire staff just put amateur golf on their back for the year. They had the Southern Junior, Southern Amateur. They had a Merido Collegiate. They had two charity events. They've had so many different events there. And then they have the East-West matches. Was this your first time playing at Merido, or have you been there before? Um, tell me a little bit about your experience there, just as the golf course itself. So uh, earlier this year, when they had the the charity events, it was a Samaritan, something yeah, like that. Yeah, Merido um, Samaritan. They had two of them, and they kind of opened it up to yeah. professionals, collegiate players, um, amateurs, just as a way as a fundraiser. Yeah, and I'm on the board of the Southern Golf Association, and and so is a, a member down there, uh, Rob Couture. Yeah. And Rob called me and he said, Hey, do you want to come play in one of these charity events? Get a look at the course before the Southern. And I mean, at that point, I think Seminole had just canceled and every, every golf term was being canceled. So I said, yes, you know, sign me up. I booked a flight that day and, uh, went down and didn't know anything about it. Tried to read up on it a little bit and read a little bit about Albert and knew some people that knew Albert, uh, Mr. Huddleston and, you know, I couldn't have expected, I couldn't have anticipated what that course was like when I got out there in our first practice round, I look at Rob and I'm like, wait, we got to go back a tee for the Southern and play this thing. And I'm getting killed from this up tee. It, it's just a, it is a hard golf course. It's fair. There's yeah. nothing silly about it. It's all right in front of you, which is what I love about it. There's nothing tricked up about it. It's just a, a difficult golf course was made. And it's, it was executed from my understanding to the way he wanted it. And it plays that way. It's awesome. It's, you have to hit, you never get a break. There's not a single hole where you're like, okay, good. I got an easy birdie here. Right. You know, it's, it's just, you got to hit a good tee shot. You got to hit a better second shot and you got to hit a great putt. If you want to make birdie, otherwise you're looking at five, six feet per, per par. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw, um, I saw a lot of, I mean, I saw a lot of pin placements there that I was just thinking to myself, all right, I think I see how you can make par, but <laughs> but it's in no way are you even trying to get close to a pin. Like it is not designed it's not designed to go after pins. It's not designed to throw darts. It's designed to play to the middle of the green and if you can somehow snake in a twenty footer, great. Go to the next hole. You you made birdie. But, yeah. but I, I saw a lot of that and so many short-sided, uh, I saw so many players short-sided. 
and and players when i described the course when i got home from this event people were like well why would you want to play a course like that i said that's the type of course i'd love to play yes yeah. for the, the for the reason it's not tricked out there's nothing there's no hidden bunker there's no you know if you run it off of a green it's because you didn't execute the shot i mean there's no there's nothing goofy about it it's right out in front of you and you know it going into it and it's a great challenge it, it kind of inspired me to be ready for the southern um which i apparently wasn't but <laughs> it uh you know and then you know knowing that the east west matches were going to be here even more motivation because i wanted to play match play on this golf course it is what an amazing match play golf course no hole is ever over you know yeah. it's it just uh that 20 foot lag putt for par if you're if your opponent's putting for bogey you're putting for birdie and you got to try to lag it close that's no gimme yeah i mean there's no easy lag out there um and but it's look if you're playing well you'll score if you're not playing well you will struggle and i think that's that's a great sign of a golf course oh yeah and i think also just you know you know how it is when you're playing i mean you play a lot of uh, uh amateur tournaments all over the country where you know we get to play in incredible facilities and Sometimes you, you know, I'm not going to name names, of course, but sometimes you go play a tournament and you can tell that the membership and the course are not exactly thrilled that you there's all these strangers at their club. And, yeah. I, and I kind of get that too, in, in especially in COVID era. So that totally makes sense. And, True. you know, they're like, okay, great to have you. And what, what, when, <laughs> when are you guys leaving? Oh, okay. Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you, I, I don't think I've ever, and I wasn't even, I didn't even touch a club, but I don't think I've ever felt more welcome at a golf tournament than at Merido ever. It's amazing. You, you pull in and they get your name. And when you, by the time you're up by the putting green, parking your car, there's a guy there ready for you. Do you want the cart? Can I help you? What can I do? You know, uh, Miss Morrison was there every step of the way of making sure that what do you need? Is there anything else we can do? Right. The, we all knew the weight, the the staff by oh, the second yeah. day, first day, you know, everybody's name, you know, backstories on these people. Cause they are, they're not in your face, but they're there. There's they're, always somebody there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing. And that's, you know, Mr. Huddleston's vision was that he wants you to never be wanting anything. It's just always there. Um, I mean, the, the fitness facility was open to us, the, the driving range front and back, all the chipping greens. I mean, that we never were, we told like, Hey, you guys have these six spots in the corner of the range. Oh God, no. Uh, you have 30 minutes to warm up and then go play. It was, can I get you more balls? Do you want them set up anywhere else? What do you need? And that, that just speaks volumes to what he's built out there and what the, and that the staff is following his vision. It's, it's not easy to do. I've been on both sides of the of that, uh, working for facilities and being a member. And, uh, yeah, it, he could, uh, he could teach a class on it for sure. Yeah. yeah it's one of the biggest takeaways I had. Uh, I mean, another takeaway was just the, the caliber of play, the caliber of players. And <laughs> I'm so I'm looking at the, the guys that you ran up against and, yeah. um, I, apparently, um, Captain Holtgrieve and Captain Marsh were like, let's just put up the strongest let's put up Kristovich against the the killers of the east team because <laughs> and what's really great is i love it how everyone's you know calling you the hero of of the east west matches how many points did you earn for your team patrick 
I earned one half of a point. That a boy. That yep. a boy. That's but but the biggest the biggest half point. So uh, I want to briefly let let me talk to you about some of the guys you played. Yeah. You 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 lose four and three in the opening match of four ball on Friday. You go against um, the the uh, reigning I guess the, so you go against the 2019 um, U.S. mid amateur runner up in Joe Duraney, and then you go up yep. against a. Just to make it even worse, you, his partner is an actual U.S. mid-amateur champion in Kevin O'Connell, who yep. I've had people ask me, like, hey, who who really stood out? Or, like, is there someone that really surprised you? And Kevin O'Connell, you know, I've had him on the podcast, kind of a quiet guy. Got to know him a little bit more. I don't think I ever saw him hit a, hit a sideways shot the entire time I was out there. No. No, not unless he wanted to. Of course. The only reason it's going sideways is because that's what he planned for it to do. And and Joe's the same way. Yeah. Uh, I've I've known Joe for decades, and and um, Joe's playing as good a golf as as anybody out there right now. And and I see that first pairing, and I was like, all right, let's uh, welcome let's see what to we the matches. Do. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I will say this: after when the first rounds were set. I'm talking to some other guys. I'm looking up and down the board and I'm like, well, it, there's no other team on that board where I'd say, all right, I'd rather play against them. Yeah. Because every single match on both sides were just two guys. You just like, Oh gosh, how are we going to beat them? And you know, I, I'm up for the challenge. I'm not going to sit down to anybody, but whew, it was, uh, th- yeah, that was a tough opening match. And, and they both played great. And it was, it was fun to watch. I mean, two different styles of golf with, with Thunder Joe just hitting the ball as far as he can every chance he gets uh-huh. and taking lines that you didn't think existed and making them work. And Kevin just controls the ball, hits it long. He's gotten much longer from what I know and um, just controls every shot. And we, were, we did what we could, um, tried to hold them off. But I think they were, what, six, seven under through – uh 11 holes against us yeah a lot of the teams really came out of the box pretty hot when when people during their practice rounds were, were a little surprised um about how yeah. difficult the course was and then of course that all went away the next day because everyone just kind of went nuts during four ball oh yeah they they just they uh i think we all opened up may have opened up the first hole with either very fortunate pars um some up and down parts the first hole is tee shots not overly difficult but that second shot just yeah. because of the green, the more you know about it, the more scared you are of it. And, you know, we both ended up with good pars on the first, and then they just – they were off to the races and just went to town on us, ham and egg in it. Um, but, yeah, we four and three, you know, we you, you can say I, I, we gave up one or two maybe, but, wow, the, to, those guys played great, and they, they took us down. So couldn't do anything about that. No, but but at least the next match on the next morning playing foursomes, you get a break because you get Geronimo Steve, who's basically <laughs> Mr. Puerto Rico, and his partner is the damn U.S. Amateur champion. I mean, what what yeah. did you do to Holger even Marsh to deserve this? I mean, it's it's a lifetime of of probably being a too obnoxious to both of them. Okay. So I guess I deserved it. But yeah, you step up against another guy that's playing. I've played a lot of golf with Geronimo last few years, especially and. Uh, you know, the guy, same thing. He just controls the ball. He doesn't miss great off the tee. So it, at no point do you see him tee a ball up. You're like, well, maybe he'll just push it off into the trees or into the rough. That's not happening. Um, and, and Tyler, uh, was, was, 
what a good, I mean, uh, you got hats off to those kids, John Pack and, and Strafasi and, and Mac. Uh, I mean, these kids didn't need to be there and they agreed to play and they did it. They came out and, and Pearson Cootie and for them to come out with us and chum it up with us and be in the room. And yeah, they look, they, they played the part and they were involved with us and they were talking strategy with us. And I even dared Geronimo at one point, halfway through the match, they were talking about a shot and, and Ty's like, all right, I'm going to do this. And John was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. That's the play. That's a play. I was like, Geronimo, I dare you to call him off of a shot. Yeah. Good I luck want with you the, to yeah. step up to the am champ and be like, nah, I think you should do this instead. You know? And That's he kind of laughed it off, but they were, look, if he had done it, Ty would have considered it. I mean, that's how they invested they were in, in us. And the fact that they were willing to do it, it, it hats off to them. I, I couldn't appreciate that more. It gave us a chance to get to know him and watch him firsthand and, you know, goof around a little bit. And yeah, he and I, Ty and I kind of went back and forth in the players room the night before talking a little, little smack and, he, I gave it up to him and he gave it right back. And I was like, all right, this is going to be fun. He, uh, um, he, he does have the ability to do that. And, yeah. um, I, I, that's another thing I was, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's, you know, it's a very unique setup where you have, you know, 18 guys in each team and it's six seniors and 10 mid ams. And then two of these, I guess, junior ams, so to speak in this, in this mm. you know way to refer to it, but boy, did they get the right four. I mean, there are, oh, yeah. I mean, I talked to collegiate players all the time. I um, was around a ton of them at the U S amateur and, and there's, there's great ones all over the country, but they hit an absolute home run with, you know, you get the U S amateur champion, you get the low am at the U S open in John Pock, you get the Western amateur champion in Pearson Cootie, the Southern amateur champion in Mac Miser from SMU mm-hmm. uh, and, and just, and then just the best. I mean, just such a good job. And these, these kids are great. Just like you said, yeah. And well, uh, when we first got there the day before the practice rounds, I guess this was Wednesday and over the radio, we heard, or, or uh, Harvey was sitting next to me and Todd Mitchell like, Hey, John Pac wants to go play. Anybody want to join him? I said, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I was exhausted. Didn't want to play right after getting off the plane, but I, I jumped on, it. I just wanted to see it in person and it didn't disappoint. He was engaging from the first shot. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just talking to us just like he's another mid and wanted to learn a little bit of everything and had a bunch of great questions. And not that we're brilliant humans, me and Mitchie, but we shared what we could and joked around and got to know him in nine, nine quick holes. You know, you feel like, you know, the guy already. Well, another, a funny story about Pac is that he was sitting in a golf cart uh, on near the punting green on Wednesday. And I was asked like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, I, I, I kind of want to go play. I'm like, then go play. I said, yeah. go <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, I don't know who to talk. I'm like, go, go to the starter. Go. Say, I mean, they know who you are, John. Yeah. I mean, go <laughs> just, here's how it works. Say, hi, I'm John Pock. I'm playing in the East West matches. Can I get out? And he, but yeah. but he just was like, I'm just I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna sit here. And I was like, really? Okay. You know, you, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of us saw you on TV a little while ago, at Wingfoot. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, that, those guys embraced it so quickly, and, yeah. and I think once they saw how serious we were taking it, obviously we joke around until the the peg goes in on the first tee, and then everybody gets a little bit more serious, but. Even during the matches, I think they saw how much fun we were having, and and again embraced it and had fun with us too. So yeah, 
hats off. Yeah, you have that morning foursome session against Esteve and, and Tysrafachi. Yeah. And then, well, you get a good lunch, and then it, it just gets even better because now in the mm-hmm. afternoon you, you get Nathan Smith and Todd Mitchell, and Nathan's got, you know, four U.S. mid-ams. And now you got that. <laughs> and at this point, I'm guessing you're thinking, okay, I got to get a point. I, I just got worked twice in a row. I got to get something. And you and Busby almost pulled off. You guys lose, you know, one down. Um, you mentioned that you spent time with all these guys. I This is the first time I've really seen uh, Todd Mitchell, first time I've seen Nathan Smith play golf. Yeah. Uh, is there a way to explain it to someone that's maybe listening that's, you know, an, an average weekend golfer that wants to understand, okay, what does – what does it look like for a guy that's won four U.S. minions? What does it look like for a guy that's won a U.S. four ball? Well, well, it, <laughs> you know, I've again played, I've played with these guys for, what is it? 10 years now. I don't even know. I met Mitchell at, the, um, uh, U.S. mid-am in Chicago. We played a practice round together and have been friends ever since. And I know he's a great ball striker and he's got great experience. He and Harvey won it at Bandon dunes and, and, uh, you know, Nathan's been on, seems like every Walker cup since it started. And I've never gotten to play Nathan in match play, but I've played a lot of stroke play with him. And it's, uh, we knew we were up against it again. Um, you know, fighting uphill the whole way. And those guys just, they don't miss shots. They're just that everybody's that good at no point. Do you, you think a guy's like going to flub a chip or leave it short or do something crazy? It, it's, it looked like you'd expect it to look fairway green. Every putt looks like it's running in the hole. You know, you have to step up and hit shots. If you don't, you're putting your team in jeopardy and, and being alternate shot. There's that much more pressure to it. Um, those guys are both pretty long and both great off the tee. So we were usually, um, feeling like we had to put up, put a lot more pressure on ourselves at fairways and hit better shots. And, uh, Busby and I, we've played a lot of golf together over the years. I know he's playing great, uh, as good as anybody in the mid-am game right now. So I was fortunate to have him with me. And I think we had one little hiccup and then I missed two putts coming down the, down the stretch. We put ourselves in good position to have the match. And unfortunately, you know, Hit a little bit too hard on 18, lipped out, and we we uh, we lose. So Damn. That was a tough one to swallow. So I'll be honest, heading into the team room that night, I was a little down. Yeah, you know, it's hard to you, you hate missing putts on back to back holes that could have won or tied the match and given points to your team, knowing we were already kind of down. And I took that uh, I took that to heart. I took the blame on that personally, and you know, I, I didn't want to get bummed out. I went hit a bunch of putts in between or right after my match and, you know, tried to figure everything out and was out early the next morning trying to work on it. Cause I, you know, it's one thing to let yourself down an individual event team event. You just, you, you got to keep pushing. You, you got to, I, I didn't want to let people down twice or three times at that point. Sure. So no, definitely makes... had some added motivation. Yeah. That's, um, I, I can't imagine what that's like just to really grind that out, grind out the entire match and then, and then fall short. And you mentioned you yeah. went and started working on it. Um, so you, you roll into the team room. You've, you've really had kind of a tough go. I mean, two really tough matches and then one very, very close one, but you roll into the team room and 
what I thought was so interesting is the the two or three nights beforehand, very jovial atmosphere. Uh, we had some some really special guests that that popped in. Uh, you know, Mister. Uh, you know, Pearson's grandfather was there. I mean, how mm-hmm. cool is it? You have a Masters champion in the room, and and so many other dignitaries and just people stopping by wanting to be a part of it. And you know, we're having. Uh, you know, we're, we're having food, we're having drinks, everyone's joking around. And man, um, Saturday night, it was just very tense and very quiet in that room uh, before and during the singles matches were being set up. And, yep. you know, we're watching the, the names go up and, and the matches are taking shape. And, you know, you have Hagestad going against Kevin O'Connell and and you just you have all these great different matches coming up. And, you know, there's... um. There's Nathan Smith off to the side with, uh, you know, just sitting at a table by himself or one of those pop, uh, those uh, uh, high top tables. Yeah. And a lot of names are going on the board and it's, it's really starting to look like that. Well, you know, Nathan's going to be the anchor for the East and, you know, they had a five point lead at the time. And what were you kind of thinking about? Did you know that you were going to be the anchor or were you just kind of in your own world thinking about the previous match? What, what were your thoughts? Maybe those five or 10 minutes when things were kind of playing out? Well, I didn't think I'd get to go early. I mean, granted, I wasn't playing horribly. Um, I don't think anybody played really horribly the whole week, but I, I knew that if I got put up, I knew we had to front load to get as many points as we can early, you know, if you're down five points, you got to get anchor match doesn't mean anything if you don't win early. So I I expected we'd front load a little bit and I didn't think I'd be part of the front load um, just because all these other guys were playing so well. And I I was thought I'd be kind of middle to the pack. And then as things went, I'm looking at who's left on the board and I said, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I thought maybe I'd play that guy and no, they didn't put me up there. And, Time kept going, and and finally, with a couple to go, I, I think it was as Kevin looked over. He goes, "You're gonna be that. Are you okay being the anchor match?" Oh, and I geez. got so excited. I was like, "Yes, I do. I want it. Bring it. Let's go." I, I it, maybe that'll help me step up a little right, bit. You know, right. a little added, little. They maybe they have confidence in me to do it. Let's do it. Let's try it. I, I'm game. I'm never gonna say no. So. And then I saw who was left on the other side. That was my next thought is who might I play? And I saw, I saw the name. I was like, Oh no, here we go. <laughs> it's gotta be Nathan. I mean, it, it could have been anybody in that thing, but the Ben was playing great too. And he, he played, uh, he played couture. In our him two up. Yeah. And, and I love that. I got, had Rob couture in the cart with me, Rob and I played that course, you know, 10 times together this year. And, um, I think we feed well off each other. I having him there to, to help, uh, you know, tell me if I'm doing the right thing or not always is always helpful. So, yeah. It, and then, you know, the names got called and that was it. I, I got a little excited. I think I got a little loud, but, uh, <laughs> that's, that's you okay. Know, that's okay. Somebody even looked at me and said, you're the only one making noise. I said, well, whatever. I'm the anchor <laughs> man. We, we got, so I will say this earlier in the thing, um, it was the night, yeah, it was before the draw in that dinner, and I, and I came up to Holgrave and I said, look, I know I haven't won yet, but I promise you I'm I'm grinding. I don't want to let you down. I'm not going to give up. I never have, never will. That's just the way I am. If I don't win a match, that means I didn't win, but I'm not going to quit. 
And he said, he, he knows, he knows. And later on, we're talking to somebody and the, 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 the fact may have come up that we're five down and three of those were my points. Oh, and you know, it's just another kick in the butt that I needed. And even though I knew it and I saw the numbers, it just hearing it out loud really sunk in a little bit more and, you know, just whatever motivation it takes. And that, that actually helped. I needed to be kicked in the butt a little bit. Well, so I'm looking at the the scores and you mentioned the front loading. What was really interesting is, yeah, you guys won the first two matches. Nursky took down uh, Hesteve and, and Busby took down Harvey. But then the East rolled off four victories in a row. Yeah. And that's really when the entire West team really came came alive and, and won all these matches. Um, I mean, basically won, oh gosh, let's see. So, I mean, they won nine out of ten matches, and, and the other one they didn't win was, was a half. So you got nine and yeah. a half points out of ten. That was really where the, where the tide was turned. Um, I'm not going to walk you through the entire match with, uh, mm-hmm. with, with Nathan. It really looked like he came out to a really strong lead. You were three up after five, then he kind of chipped back over the last six holes. And then mm-hmm. basically you guys were even for the entire back nine, so to speak. Um, nobody really got, was more than one up the entire back nine, actually since the seventh hole. But, yeah. um, you know, really what this shot you hit on 18, really just how, how perfect were these matches to end not only on the last day, but really all three days, the matches pretty much ended either on the 17th or the 18th hole, which you can't script that any better. No. Um, but you guys are, you're even at the 18th hole and the matches are basically, um, I think the West is secured a half, but you have to get a half point. You have to tie Nathan Smith on the 18th hole at Merido <laughs> to bring the the cup to the west side for the inaugural matches how aware were you of that fact or were you just focused on your own match so early on we really weren't didn't hear much news there was there weren't many people following our match um we got to i want to say 16 and i looked around and didn't see anybody or on 15 green no one was out following us. And typically at that point, a lot of carts were out following matches sure. on 15 and like, you know, day, day one or day two, I'm out on 15 watching Harvey's match. And I look next to me and there's Charles Cootie, you know, master's champion standing next to me, talking golf with me. And I thought, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, how great is this? So I look around and, and we finished 15th hole and I look at, at, uh, Rob Couture and I was like, you know, this thing may be over right now. If, if no one's out here watching us, this means this match that may not mean anything. I, you know, we were down five. This thing may be already over. And Rob's like, yeah, you know, don't know. Let's just keep going. And obviously I don't want to lose. I don't want to have a zero points total for a right, tournament. Right. So I was definitely motivated to play. Nathan certainly doesn't, doesn't seem like he ever wants to lose either. So we kept going, had a little trouble on 16 um, and I could kind of see out in the distance, all the carts behind 18 green. I was like, well, that's interesting. Okay. So maybe something is going on or maybe they're just celebrating. And I thought, well, surely they're going to come out and watch. No one's going to leave a man by themselves. So those guys are coming out, out and watch on 17. So they start showing up when we get to 17 T we're all square and more and more carts show up. I'm like, okay, well, motivation. So we 
both hit the green and I come off the green and I see our guys high-fiving each other a little bit. And I looked at Rob, I said, Rob, you see that? I think something's happening. Like this is something's going on. We might've clinched this thing. And I asked the guys and, and Skip said, do you want to know exactly what's going on? I said, yes, I, I need to know before I hit this button. He said, we can't lose. If you win your match or have your match, we win the cup. If you lose your match, we tie the cup. And I was like, okay, that's good to know. You know, adrenaline just starts going straight, straight through me. Uh, hit a Nathan. And I both hit really good putts on 17, uh, made pars and step up on 18 T box, which is not a, not a gimme tee shot by any stretch. Nathan hits in the fairway. I hit mine as well as I could. And it bounces through the fairway. I think I was the only one that knew it. And I look over at Holt grief. And Hulkrieg is so pumped up at this point. He's jumping up and down, screaming and cheering. And he's so excited to see this thing come down to the last hole. And everybody's racing their carts down the fairway. And, you know, it's a great scene. And uh, I get there. My ball is gone through the fairway into the rough. And you can just kind of make out some dimples through the rough. It's sitting down. And had a, we had a great caddy. And I, I brought Rob over to look at it. And the caddy looked at it. And the caddy's like, you just got to lay this thing out 50, 60 yards short of the green and get up and out the par. Now you, you can't go for this pin from that lie. Right. There, there are bunkers out there in the fairway. If I end up in those bunkers, it's, you know, it's not the shot you want. So I was like, all right, I agree. Like if I get lucky and this pops out, it may chase up, but whatever, I got to aim way right and hit it. And I mean, it came out as clean as it could. It, it almost like those one, even in the rough hit it 50 yards too far. Yeah, just because I'm swinging hard at it to get it out. Period, and I end up almost pin high right, which is the last place you want to be. Um, Nathan hit it front edge, hit a great second shot, and had about thirty feet up up the ridge. And and I'm uh, driving, and I'm driving, and just to so you mentioned the carts, and and by the way, one person we cannot uh, uh, overlook is the reason that people were not following your match is because they were following the Brady Expert-Steve Harwell match. That's yeah. what everyone was following, and Brady Expert uh, got up and down for par on 18, which was uh, incredible. I was there for that, and he secured a full point for the West. So that's where everyone was before they came to your match. But I, speaking of that, that second shot you hit, so I was right there as you hit that second shot, raced down in my cart and drove right past your ball, looked right at that lie. And, you know, the, the shot you're going to describe the shot you hit to this pin that was, it was, you know, really cut very short on the, on the right side. But correct me if I'm wrong, that lie, did you basically kind of, were you kind of half in the rough, half in the fairway? How, how kind of crazy was that lie and how different it could have been if it was maybe three inches either way. I mean, it was two inches for me having to putt it really because it was, it was in that, that tufty right. kind of splotchy Bermuda and my, it rolled just past or over a clump. Right. And so I had a clean, clean grass behind the ball. It was sitting almost sitting up. I mean, it really was kind of sitting up. If it had been in the fairway, you know, about six inches to the left, right. It would have been much tighter. But yeah, it, it for the shot I had to hit, 
I couldn't have asked for a better line. Not too fluffy, but just a little. I mean, it, you just can't a little cushion, it. just a little cushion. A little cushion, yeah. exactly. Yep. No, but I, um, I I made sure I drove right past that. I looked at him like, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, that might actually work. So so yeah. I will let you. So you you get up there, and now at this point, all of Merido is behind the the green. All both yeah. teams are there. Everyone's there. This is really the shot. You know what you have to do, and I'll let you take it from there. How do you approach the <laughs> shot? I mean, I don't like being from the South, playing Bermuda my whole life, and, and our greens at New Orleans Country Club are all elevated. I don't bump and run. I don't putt from off the greens in Bermuda because it's always so grainy. I yeah. don't trust it. I'm not good at it. I've, I'll try it up north and at certain places, but and you get me in Bermuda, and all I could see on that slope was a big dark green patch into the grain Bermuda where I ha- would have to land it if I tried to bump it, which I would have never done anyway. I just don't have the shot. So the only thing I know how to do is to go up with it. And I hit, you know, for some reason I was hitting that shot a lot on the practice greens. Cause you know, you have to do it out here. And the, the funniest thing that I heard was as I pulled a club out, I just pulled out my 58 and Rob was driving the cart. And I don't even think I grabbed my putter out because I didn't know I I didn't think I'd need it because if I didn't hit a good shot, the match was pretty much done. Um, Rob looked over. He goes, are you sure you have everything you need? (laughs) And and I was like, yeah, I think I got it. And so he drove off and uh, my caddy uh, looked at me and we, you know, we, we knew where we had to hit it and. It was just one of those moments, you know, I knew everybody was watching, but what, try not to think about it. I was more calm than I probably should have been. And knowing that I only had one option, I only had one shot to hit. So there's no doubt in my mind, which I guess helped. If I had a bunch of options, it would have been a lot harder. So yeah, just it, one of those things came off the club the right way. I could hear, hear some noise behind me and it landed and checked and rolled. And and I'll give, I'll say this, Nathan is a great man because it was uh, questionable whether it should be a gimme or not. And uh-huh. he walked up, he looked at it and said, pick it up. That's good. And yep. that shows a lot about who Nathan is um, as a person, as a player, as a competitor. And so then my hand started to shake a little bit and I, I pulled Jim over and I was like, all right, remind me, do some math with me. Cause I'm kind of, I'm out of it right now. Right. What has to happen here? Can I give Nathan if after Nathan makes his putt, what are we going to do? And yeah, so he, he laid it down for me and, you know, Nathan hit a good putt, but it was so steep uphill and windy and didn't go in. So I conceded that and that was it. I, I'll be honest, you know, it, it, I compared it to, I feel like Rudy, you uh, know, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I show up at the last second, get a quick sack. You know, I had nothing to do with the national championship game, but you know, I'm getting all the credit for it and they make a movie out of it. I got a half a point. I hit one really good shot, played a good match and uh, hats really go off to those guys that, that dominated earlier in that day that won points, you know, Zach Atkinson got up from and down from 50 yards to save his match against, I believe it was Joe. And uh, I heard a lot of stories about guys coming down to the wire, Brady expert, all these guys that, that fought all day with the same thought as I did is, are we going to be able to come back and, Man, it took a it took a huge village for for one guy to hit a shot that'll matter. So it was it was fun. It has been a blast. Um, getting a lot of texts, a lot of calls. People ask me what this was and what happens, what I did, and even one of the guys in the golf shop may have said, uh, 
I can't believe we didn't have a video of it. But once we saw you sw- taking big swings, trying to go up with it, we didn't think you could hit the shot. So no one filmed it. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I, that's fine. <laughs> You're like, I, thanks. Think what you want, you know? Well, I, I don't blame you. I, I have, I have video of the shot and I kind of got caught up in a rookie move because I kind of videoed the shot then tried to video the ball then tried to video the crowd and i'd it's, <laughs> there's there's uh, i'll be able to piece something together and we'll definitely yeah. post it online but uh but yeah i my, i think my my favorite part is the shots in the air and i i hear i don't know who it is but i hear some sort of like ooh, oh oh <laughs> like like they didn't really understand it because obviously they're waiting for the check and uh yeah obviously you get it so you really can't ask for anything better than that. I mean, I, you, obviously you're right. It takes a village to to pull off something like this, but you know, you're the guy that just w- hit the shot in front of everyone that that cinched it. So, I'm I'm sure you're going to take that shot with you for uh, for many years to come. Yeah. Um. So so what uh, you know what is there anything left for you to do this year? Is is you're you're pretty much done as far as golf goes, or or you know what else? Yeah, you- that's pretty much it. Um don't even have any local stuff left. So it's going to be just playing on days with good weather. And I think the national senior juniors coming up in January, that's, uh, that's my next event. So I got some time off and get to eat a little Thanksgiving and maybe two twi- Thanksgiving dinners if I'm lucky and there you go. Christmas, get the kids ready for that. And that's, that's about it. Got some work to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was, yeah. What, what was the like, uh, come coming down to earth moment that, that hits you right after that? I mean, you really the highest of highs in amateur golf, hitting a winning shot for in a team match, but since we're all mid ams and we're all hacks, um, <laughs> yeah. What was your, your coming down to earth moment right after that, that you kind of got hit in the face with? Yeah. The day I got home, my four, my five-year-old waking me up at four thirty in the morning to tell me hello and that he wants pancakes, <laughs> you know, on a school That's, day. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh buddy, daddy, Daddy is tired. Did, did, that, did, he, you, did you hear about the shot I hit at yeah, Marino? Exactly. Jackie, let me let, let Daddy tell you about what he did. No, he doesn't care. He's he's happy. Dad's home and that uh, I'm bringing him to school and get that ball rolling again. You walk in the office and you know they some they'd all seen the clips of the of what had happened. Some of them didn't really understand it, so I tried to explain it. And you know, there's it. it yeah, it's it was it's kind of, again, the kick in the butt I needed. Cause I got work to do. I got to get back into it. Shots over tournaments yeah. over got to move on. But yeah, to your point, it's, I'm going to carry that one around with me for a while. The, the mob scene after with just the group of guys that came up to say the things that they were saying and that, you know, skip and I have been down this road many times with each other, the ups and downs of golf. And he gave me a, a, a huge hug after, and he goes, I know you needed that. I know what that means, what this is going to mean to you for a long time. I'm so happy for you. I know what that means to you. That's and the best. I mean, I couldn't, I could barely hold it in. And, and uh, I went up, I got Jim by himself right after we were on the green. I gave him a huge hug and I was like, look, you guys put faith in me and I'm, I'm happy. I, I can't tell you how happy I am that at least I've, I got to have and, even though that's the only point I got, I'm happy it mattered. And thanks for putting the faith in me. And it's, you know, 
it was, it was a good moment. Jim and I needed that as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> we we could razz each other a lot, but I think there's a lot of respect and I, I, I'm happy I could do something for him. Cause I felt like I'd let him down earlier in the week. So, um, it's just those little things and I can, I'll build on this and hopefully take it into future events. And, you know, it's, uh, and I've been, t- I've texted back and forth with Nathan since, and we still joking around with each other and there will never be hard feelings from either side. I think we had a great match and I'm happy it mattered. I think both of us are happy it mattered. Sure. No, that was um, one of the best us. things about it yeah. is that everything came down to the end. Patrick, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I mean, obviously I was rooting for both teams. I was basically rooting for the event itself to end uh, the way it did uh, coming down in the last hole and uh, really thrilled that uh, you're able to share your experience and your thoughts on, on this incredible event. And, 2022 is going to be here pretty quick and I, I know you want to be back yeah. at Merido, so I know we'll catch up well before then but again thanks for coming on the back of the range and uh, and talking about the east-west matches and and on behalf of of everybody that participated and our families and friends that got to follow along the job you did you know putting the word out about it and getting the pictures out every day and it showed people at home that this wasn't just a bunch of guys getting together to play a tournament it showed them that it was a real event and that we were all passionate about it and i mean it, this thing because of you and and all those involved i think we're going to have a, a a lot of excitement for the upcoming 2022 and yes there are look i don't know if i need to try to hit a 48 inch driver or gain 40 pounds <laughs> back which i'm happy to do but whatever i need to do to make that next squad um, the, the, I'll, I'll throw in one last story. Yeah, and, absolutely. And absolutely. For our buddy, uh, uh, Nursky out there is driving trains right now. He, uh, so right after the event was done, we're all, our whole team is the whole West team is gathered on the green and Hulk Reeve is crying and Kevin gives a great speech and, and <laughs> everybody's looking around like tugging each other and Nursky looks and he goes, so, so Jim, does this mean that we're all exempt into the next one? <laughs> And, and it just kind of a, it brought a great little bit of levity and lightness to the whole thing. And, and everybody laughed and hugged. And unfortunately, I don't think we're all exempt. Yeah, I don't, one, I, but, I, I don't uh, think that's going to I don't think I don't think Nursky has to worry. I think he's pretty much a lock. But yeah. it was yeah, that was a fun little moment. But again, thank you for all the coverage, you know, all the all the media that between Merido, the East West and, and the back of the range site, everybody got to follow it and. You know, I was getting texts to the whole event from people at home asking questions about matches and how was it having to play against those guys. And it's it just cool. It made it made the event that much better. So I appreciate that. My pleasure. I'm sure. Uh, uh, I, I know. I, I think I'm exempt for 2022. If that means yeah. anything, I think I'll be there. You are so, safe. Uh, yeah. Cool. Me and Nursky, we're safe. Um, yeah, they got. <laughs> well, um, again, we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon. And uh, uh, I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. All right. Thank you. And there you have it. Special thanks to Patrick Kristovich for joining me on another episode here at the back of the range. Loved the recap of the East-West matches. Thanks to Scott Harvey, Merido, Titleist, Footjoy, everyone that had a hand in putting those matches on. What an experience being there. As I said, can't wait to get back to Merido. But for now, hope you enjoyed this episode of the back of the range. Don't forget to follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week, and we'll see you again next time here at the back of the range.